Are you all ready for the word? Hallelujah. Open up your Bibles. I want you to go to, let's go to Jonah. Look at your neighbor, tell him, praise the Lord. Tell him Jesus loves you. Tell him this is not a bad message. It's not time to be sad. How can you be sad when you're saved? Amen. God bless you. God bless you, brother. Praise the Lord. Jonah. Jonah is one of the prophet, one of the books around the prophets before Micah. And uh, yeah, I love Jonah. I'm going to start reading in Jonah chapter one. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Verse 12. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will, be calm. it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the, sh get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Lord jo Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his sin. Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Amen. So, tonight I want to talk to you a message called Coming Out of a Curse. Coming Out of a Curse. Because Jonah was in the fish 
because he was cursed. He had heard the voice of God. God gave him direction and he chose to be disobedient. So Jonah chose to be in the curse. His action and his disobedience brought him into the belly of the fish. Not only did it, did it bring cursing upon Jonah, but it also cursed everyone Jonah was around. The storm came because Jonah was disobedient to God. The people that were in the boat were, were, were suffering and they were, they were on their, their way to death because Jonah decided that he was going to disobey God. Instead of being obedient to God, he ran away from God. And so the, the wind picked up, the storms came, the rain come down, the boat began to sway. And these men, listen, I want to let you know something. Everybody is spiritual. These men had some sort of God that they believed in. And they cried out to the God that they believed in. And the God that they believed in is dead. It had no answer. But when they found out that it was Jonah's fault, and, they, and Jonah gave them direction, they began to cry out to the living God. They began to cry out to the God that our Lord God Almighty they begin to cry out to him for salvation. They begin to cry out to him to, to, to remove this, this storm and save their lives. It's amazing how many people get saved in, in, the, in the face of death. There are a lot of people that preach and they'll preach the gospel and people will hear it, but their hearts will be hard. But thank God for there's some that, ha that God has mercy upon them that when, when death comes, they're given one last chance to get into the kingdom of God. And so when these men saw that the God of Jonah was the real God and had calmed the waters and calmed the storm, the Bible says that they begin to serve God and worship the Lord. Amen. I remember when 9-11 happened. The very first thing I thought about was not, am I going to die or the nation's going to die? The first thing I thought about was people that I knew that weren't saved. There was a conviction in my heart. I knew I had not witnessed to them about the love of Jesus Christ that I was supposed to and I should have. And I should have called them and, and told them how much Jesus loved them. But I never did it because for fear or for whatever reason, I just didn't do it. It kept me back. I was not brave enough to tell them about Jesus. But the very first thing I did uh, after I pr we were praying is I got on the phone and called my friends that I loved just to tell them that Jesus loves them. And I prayed the prayer of salvation with them. And guess what? Every one of them gave their life to the Lord. You know, it's funny. I was reading a story about this, this, uh, this atheist that was on a plane. And the plane began to, to it, was, it was going down. And immediately the atheist began to cry out to God. I heard a statement, there's no, there's no atheist in, uh, in bunkers. Jesus is real. And the Bible says, whoever cries out unto the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I thank God that God, God brings so many, so many ways into salvation. How many of y'all have ever heard of an old minister? He already went on to be with the Lord. It was a great minister named uh, Shambach, R.W. Shambach. R.W. Schambach was, you know, he was half drunk, partying, 
walking out of a, a bar and there was a man on the street corner that screamed, sinner, you're going to hell unless you give your life to Jesus. And he fell on his knees and gave his life to Jesus and began to serve him. Someone says, oh, you preach death and damnation. Listen, it's raining. Do you, do you want me to, 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 to just pre preach, preach just, just peace? I preach peace to those that are already saved, but to those that are lost, give your life to Jesus. Get saved. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Well, everything's going to hell, but you don't have to. So the whole world is going to hell, but you don't have to go with them. There is a lifeboat named Jesus Christ. The ark, come on in, and you'll be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if you weren't saved and you were just searching, I would be at church every day in the front row, and I would at least act saved. I would do everything I can to be saved until my faith got to a place where I believed in Jesus Christ as a payment for my sins, and I give my life to the Lord. I would do everything I can to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's, only, there's, there's no other hope outside of God. Right. Amen. Amen. I, saw, I saw a video of the earthquake in, in Mexico City. And as soon as the earthquake hit, it was one of the main streets. Everybody stopped their cars. People ran into the street. One man get out, gets out of his car. People were screaming and people were huddling. People were scared. This man began to lift up his hands and begin to pray. He began to pray and speak blessings and peace and protection over the land. He began to pray. Where everybody was trying to save their life, this man already had already lived. He's already living for the Lord. He's already given his life to God. He was not afraid of death. But in the spite of it, you, you really find out where you're at when, when, stuff, when tough stuff happens. If you know how, if, when tough stuff happens, you'll run to prayer. But when tough stuff happens, you find yourself collapsing, falling down, giving up, crying, in fear, running. You're not a man of God. You're not a woman of God. You don't know your salvation. You don't know who Jesus is. But when tough stuff happens, you, you grab a hold of the life of Jesus Christ. You hold on to, to him, amen? And he'll hold on to you. Amen. Jonah found himself in the belly of a fish. And here's, here's the thing about Jonah. It wasn't because he was a wicked person. It wasn't because he had hidden sin. It wasn't because he was living outside of God's ways. He found himself in the belly of the fish because God gave him a command to speak to Nineveh, a city, and say, repent or judgment's going to come upon you. To tell them in 40 days, judgment is coming. Matter of fact, he didn't, even, he didn't even speak repentance. He said, tell them that in 40 days, judgment is coming. That was the message of God. But here's the thing. Jonah knew his God. And Jonah knew the city of Nineveh. And they were wicked they were perverse. They had done everything imaginable. They're outside of the ways of God. 
And so they deserve judgment. And so God sent Jonah to prophesy judgment over that city, that that city was going to be wiped out. But see, Jonah, Jonah knew something. Even though Jonah was a prophet of God, Jonah hated Nineveh. And he wanted the city to, to be destroyed. But he knew that if he prophesied and they heard the word of the Lord, that they'll repent and God will have mercy upon the city. And so instead of being a person that could bring people to repentance and, and bring salvation, Jonah says, I don't even want to bring salvation to them. I'm going to run away from the direction of God. When he was supposed to be someone that would give them one last hope of life, he ran away from the voice of God. He ran away from the direction of the Lord, and he found himself in the belly of a fish. He cursed himself. But what did Jonah do? He knew everything he did. He cursed himself. He found himself in the belly of fish. He repented before God. And the Bible says that the fish threw him up on the, on the, on the shore. Jonah went into the city, and he began to, to speak. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. 40 days, judgment's going to hit the city. What happened? The people heard that voice, that word. It got to the king. The king called for a fast. He told everybody, take off your, 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 your party clothes. Put on clothes of repentance. Put on ashes. Nobody eat anything. Everybody cry out to God. We're all going to be a city of repentance. And the whole land began to repent. And not only, not, not only did they repent, but God had mercy upon them. And their lives were saved. 240,000 people, lives saved. You know what Jonah did? Jonah was hoping to see a show. He sat up on, a, he sat up on, the, on the hill. He found covering under, under a plant. And, and when the sun came, it would, it, would, it would hit the plant and gave him shade. But Jonah was watching the hill. He was hoping to see the destruction of the city. Even though Jonah gave the word, even Jonah knew God, but Jonah's heart was still hard towards the city. And, and you know what God did? God took a little, a little bug and ate up the root of, the, of, the, of the, the, the shade, and it fell over, and now Jonah was angry that the, the, the sun was hitting him. Amen? Y'all need to read Jonah. It's awesome. I feel like I'm in children's church today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you this because there are things that you are doing and some of you are questioning why am I going through this struggle or why am I having this in my life? Why am I, why am I facing this obstacle? And there are things that are persecution and, you know, the Bible talks about that we'll face diverse times and, and perilous times and there will be persecution. Some of it is because you are obedient to God. But some of it is actually disobedience to God, and you find yourself cursed. And you need to come out of that curse. You know, if you go to one person's house, and that house burns down, and you go to another person's house, and that house burns down, and you go to another person's house, and that house burns down, guess what? You're cursed. <laughs> and you need to come out of the curse. 
There are things that are operating on some people's lives that don't belong there. Spirits of anger, spirit of, spirit of perversion, spirit of, of brokenness. There are people that, 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 that they're, they're, they've been cursed from one generation to another generation. Some of these curses were, 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 in, they were, they were, they came upon a person because of things they've done, and other people's curse, uh, others, those curses were because others did, th did things to them. I can tell you people who were, were cursed with, with perversions because someone molested them. Or they, or they saw something that was, that was, perversion is outside of the, the intent. You know, if I, if I took a butter knife and I, and I put butter and I, and I wiped it on the, on the bread, a butter knife does great at wiping butter on the bread. But how many of you have butter knives that were used as Phillips screwdrivers? And then you see the tip of it, and it's all messed up and everything. And then you try to wipe it on the bread, and it tears up the bread. What happened? It got perverted. There are things in our life that, that the world will say just accept it, but it became perverted. It could be in our emotions. It could be in our relationships. It could be in, our, in the way we think about life that are outside of God. I'm telling you, people, there, there are literally people that want to call babies that are in a woman's womb that that's not a baby. Oh, come on now. Tell the mother that. Tell the mother that that baby, the one that kicks and keeps them up, and the one that, they, they, that they're speaking to, that that's not a baby. And they tell the mother that, and they convince the mother that, yeah, you could just get, why? Because, you know, you're just too young. You know, and, 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 and it's a perversion. They'll kill old people because they, they become a burden to society. That's perversion. Or, or, you know what, leave your wife or leave your husband because, you know, they're just not good for you. Maybe there's something else for you. That's perversion. Hello? It's awfully good in this wonderful Pentecostal church tonight. Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for this message of great peace and joy and hope and love. Thank God you always preach John 3, 16 and... Even churches have become perverted. I could go deep. I mean, anywhere you look in society, you could find perversion. Churches want, they, 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 they look like the club and they give five minutes of, of little trinkles of God and, 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 they, and they, they say a prayer and they call that church. You come to, you come to this church, you see devils manifesting because they're coming out. You see people who are sick that get healed. You see lives change. You see people that had perverted life. Now they're living straight, narrow, living for God, walking for Not because of anything that we do as far as, we're not looking at people and saying, you better do this, do this. No, no, the Spirit of God. They change on the inside. Because that's what God does. God comes and he invades on the inside of you. And then he whispers to you. And he begins to direct you in his ways. And he begins to say, don't do that. That is not my ways. I love you. I forgive you. I got a plan and purpose for you. But that's the old life, not the new life I have for you. And so it doesn't matter what Pastor Kevin says. It's, it's, 
how can you run away from the voice of God that's speaking to you on the inside? So what happens is people, they, the Bible says, like a dog returns to vomit, so does man return to their, their sins. And, and, and you see Christians licking it up because if they don't experience the love and presence of God in church, in the fellowship of God, they, they, they put God in this classification of it's just some mystical power. And you can find that mystical power every time you turn on a certain song or certain this and certain this. And they, they treat God as some sort of servant to themselves when we are servants of the Lord, not the Lord is a servant unto us. Perverted. Our relationship with God becomes perverted. That's why, I, that's why, you know why we're like this here? I'll tell you the reason why. It's, first of all, I know the truth because I grew up in it. I'm an old Pentecostal. I'm telling you, they, they wouldn't let me preach unless I had a suit and tie. I'm telling you, I'm that, that, I'm that kind of old. But then I go over to the nations and I see the power and the miracle. I'm going to Nigeria next year. And in Lagos, Nigeria... I'm going to be in a church with over three and a half million people in one building. Three and a half million people. It's a mile and a half long and a mile and a half long. I'm going to be there. And what do they teach? Holiness unto the Lord. Living for God. Serving God. Surrendering unto God. Letting God use you. The Bible calls us a living sacrifice. When was the last time you woke up and said, Lord, I give you everything. I give you this time, this time, this moment of my life, this day of me living belongs to you. And some people say, I, I say that all the time, but then you don't do it. Then uh, something outside of God's will comes in and you end up going that way. And then you find yourself in a curse. You find out, well, why doesn't my children love me anymore? Why are my kids thinking about suicide? Why is it I, I, I can't keep a job? Why is it I cannot, I cannot grow in my relationship with my wife or my husband? Why is it my body is always breaking down? I thought I was supposed to live an abundant life with God. Yes, with God you will, but without God you won't. And so the Bible says God knows the path of the righteous. But when the righteous walk off the path, I'm not talking to anybody in this church today. I'm talking to those maybe watching through the videos or something. Someone will watch this years from now. Let me just say, if the shoe fits, wear it. Amen. Oh, this is a church building message, I'm telling you. I, I, had, I had a woman call me. She said, my, 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 my husband has left me, and I want you to chase him down and bring him home. <laughs> I'm thinking, what do you think I am? I'm a pastor, not a Holy Ghost policeman. And I asked her, I said, didn't you guys get a divorce? Didn't you divorce him? Well, 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 well. But, but we, we went to church one day and we prayed together. Oh, that's good, but didn't you divorce him? 
And you want me to cover all the pain you put on him? And try to bring, no, I can't do that. I'm not God. And I don't even see you at church. You don't even come to church. And you want to judge me as, a, I didn't break your marriage. You cursed it. This one man getting ready to lose everything. He was one of those people that would generate business and he would get paid early and he would, he would do a job outside of it, but now he didn't have the money to do business with that job and he lived that way, always stealing from, from one to pay for another. And he would just, he would get stuff, he would buy stuff, he bought cars, he bought houses, he bought clothes, he lived beyond his means, he, he generated a bunch of debt and now everything is coming down and he's like, why is this all happening to me? You know what I told him? I said, you know what, bro? You need to go home and clear your closet and give away all your clothes and give away all your shoes. Go around the house and pick up whatever extra you have and just go start blessing people and just give it away as an act of repentance to God and, and, and believe that God will have mercy as you are acting out because you are operating outside of the covenant of God. He wouldn't honor God. He wouldn't give tithes. He wouldn't give offerings. He wouldn't live for the Lord. It was, he had the talk of Christianity, but he didn't have the walk of Christianity. I mean, if you, t you saw him, you think, man, this is a great man of God. Look at this guy. He had a smile. He had a word. He was all that good. But if you examine his life, the way he treated uh, his wife and his kids and the way he lived with his finances, you would see that his God was money. And he's like, well, why is it this curse? Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. God's really good. Because you can lie to yourself, but you can't lie to God. Because the first thing that God's going to do is kill your God. And so now the money God was dead. And he's trying to resurrect the money God. Oh, I don't have no money. I don't have this. And I told him, give everything. And, that's, and I believe that God will have mercy upon you. You know what he did? He left. He got angry. He didn't. I said, I don't even want. I said, don't even give. Don't give me nothing. Don't give anybody in the church anything. Go give it to somebody else. I'm not saying this for me. I'm saying this for you. He left angry, cursed, in the belly of a fish. <laughs> if you find yourself in the belly of a fish, you're cursed. But you could come out. But pastor, I love everything about God, but I just don't want to do his ways. It's because you, you still got the old in you. But here's a wonderful thing about God. God won't give up on you. You're saved by, the, by grace, the blood of Jesus Christ. He did it for you. You're saved. But if you're not living in the blessings of God and living under curses in this world, then that, that's, that's you. It's not because God has not been good. God is good. But he can't bless those that are not walking according to his ways. I'm not telling you this because I, I want to see anything other than I want you to be blessed in this life. You know, someone says, if, if I live this way, would I go to hell? No, Jesus saved you. But you... 
while you're here in this world, it'd be like going through hell. Galatians 3, 13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus became a curse so that you could be free. He paid the price of the curse so that by faith you don't have to live a cursed life. You don't have to live broken. You don't have to live in desperation. You don't have to live in the belly of a fish. Jesus paid the price for your complete deliverance at the cross of Calvary. The Bible says the payment of sin is death. Payment, like going to a restaurant, ordering food. You owe something to that, and then you choose not to pay it. There's a payment that needs to be made there. You partook of something that you need to pay for. But the Word of God says that Jesus paid the price for you. Does that give us a license just to go and have our way and, 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 and just live a life that's completely per completely perverted from the, the course of life that God has established? Does that give us a license just going, hey, now that, now that, now that I'm, I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, may as well rack up the bill. May as well live however way I want, according to the lust of, of the flesh. And then you wonder, then a person wonders, why do I have these venereal diseases? Or why do I have... Suicidal thoughts. Don't you know there's soul ties every, you, every time you, you engage in something that's outside of the things of God? You know, when, when say a man was, was sleeping around with different women, one, one of the women was insecure, the other woman was suicidal, the other woman was, was, was angry, the other woman was just crazy. Now this man has all these soul ties. He has, he has perversion. He has, he has suicidal thoughts. He has craziness operating. There's soul ties. It's covenant. I wish I could go a little deeper into this stuff. Do you know that, that the old, in the old days, y'all want to talk about pressure to get married. Let me tell you about the old days. I'm talking about, you know, Hebrew days, you know. I'm talking about, you know, Moses' days. When a, when a, when a, when a man and a woman, they, 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 were, they would get married, everybody would celebrate, they would have the whole wedding, everybody's excited, they're getting married, and, and they have the wedding ceremony, and then they, everybody, the whole, everybody, all mama, daddy, everybody, go, goes and hangs around outside of the tent. Talk about pressure. <laughs> Wedding nights. And the whole city's outside of the tent. The mama, the daddy, the father, they're like, yeah, 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 no, that's my brother, that's my, that's my son, that's my daughter, yeah, 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 in the tent. Congratulations, boy. Congratulations, girl. Now go make covenant. We're going to wait right here. They would make covenant, and you know what they would do? They would take the sheets and throw it out the tent to show the blood 
if there was no blood. Ooh, somebody's in trouble. Because it's covenant. The two become one. Even think about it. The Bible says that he meant that God took, took woman out of man. They were, they, were, they were one, and now they became two. And then through holy matrimony and, and the covenant making of, 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 of sex, they become one again. That's, that's how, that's how and you know what? You know what's so awesome about that? That's the way God sees us. That's the way Jesus sees us. He is our husband man and we are the bride. And we are covenant with him. But if we live outside of that covenant, if we live a life that's outside of the ways of God, then we end up putting curses upon ourselves. And we cannot blame God for these curses because, listen, if it's raining outside and you ran outside in the middle of the rain, you cannot come back inside and say, why did I get wet? <laughs> and the thing is, is, is we have not learned to love the righteous walk. Because the voice of our flesh is louder than the voice of our spirit. But the more you spend time in the spirit, the voice of the flesh gets so diminished. The Bible says if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There are, these lusts are good. They're holy. God has put them in you for a purpose. But when they're not according to that purpose, they're perverted. And, and then they, they end up producing things. Now, I, mean, I know we're talking about that one aspect, but it's in every aspect. It's in the way you look. I mean, the way people talk about each other, if it's not talking about, if it's not, if it's not good, if it's not, if it's not uh, in love, it's not in peace, if, if we find ourselves talking and, and always making fun of others or, or, or spreading gossip, gossip, that's perverted too. If our money, the way we spend our money is not... It's, we're not spending it according to the, the desires of God. We end up wasting on foolishness, foolish things that do not give glory to God. And then we, we're always broke. And, I mean, when a man gets drunk and spends all his money on beer and doesn't bring any money so that they can buy milk for his kids, that's perverted. And they complain, I don't have enough money. Well, maybe, it's not that you don't have enough money, but you're using it in the wrong way. The Bible says you're faithful to literally be ruler of much. And so you cannot complain about being, being uh, in a curse when you cursed yourself. Can I go a little bit more in the Kool-Aid? I'm, I'm here already. I might as well just stay there. I might as well stay in your Kool-Aid today. Oh, I'm bored tonight. What am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to watch a movie. What kind of movie? Oh. I'm going to watch the horror film. Oh, I like the way it makes me feel. And I'm going to watch this horror film. Oh, so scary. And I'll watch this. So scary. And i watch this. So scary. So scary. Every night. Watching the movie. After, so scary. So, Sunday come. Pastor Kevin, I haven't been able to sleep. I'm just so scared. <laughs> prayer you want me to pray <laughs> I see devils everywhere 
You are what you eat. Pastor, I don't understand. Pray for my child. My child can't sleep. Maybe it's because you're watching all those devils on TV. And you're inviting them into your house and you're pay, playing with them and welcoming them. And you wonder why there's a spirit of anger and spirit of fear in your home. I can't handle it. I can't. You might, but they can't. I'm at, I'm at the point I should just get an oar. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even in the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm just, I'm like in a little boat just going around the Kool-Aid in your Kool-Aid. Don't want to come out yet. And it's cherry flavor. I'm telling you, you guys like cherry. Or, a family gets divorced. Mama is always cursing daddy. Daddy's always cursing mama. And then we try to, and then they try to say, no, you, that's your father. You got to respect him. That's your mother. You got to respect him. Well, pastor, it's because they did it first. Just because they did it doesn't mean you have to act that way too. Oh, I got, I got a bunch more. <laughs> I got a bunch more. How many of you like to pay taxes that, you don't, that you're not supposed to pay? Like, would, would you just volunteer to pay taxes? No? But yet you go into every convenience store and you see them lined up to buy that lottery ticket, which is a poor man's tax. And they just stay in curses because they, they, they're way out. Oh, I'm going to win the lottery. Have you looked at the statistics? Most people that win the lottery, and within one year, they declare bankruptcy. I won $50 million, and I spent 51 <laughs> And guess who gets to pay it off? Your children. Oh, Dad left us this beautiful boat. With $150,000 debt on it. That's not a blessing. That's a curse. Oh, I got one. Ready for this one? <laughs> Pastor, pray for me. I have high blood pressure. I have diabetes. But pray for me quickly. Because I'm going to the Mexican food buffet after this. <laughs> It's like they take a hammer and they hit their thumb. Pastor, pray for my thumb. My thumb hurts. <laughs> What's happening? You're just in the belly of the fish. 
disobedient? I, I, I told you, I started saying something, you know, because, you know, I used to play professional baseball. Stop laughing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm a good, I was a good player. Why are all of you laughing? I didn't say like the tennis player. I was a, I play baseball. And you know, I, I'm used to like, like uh, exercising for purpose. So, you know, I would work out to get in shape for season. And after I, I stopped playing baseball and the Lord started using me in ministry, you know, I mean, I just lost everything. I lost all my, I just got big. But, but when God started calling me to the nations, I, I looked at going on the crusades and, and doing the ministry as that's my workout time. I got, my season's coming up, you know. So, so you know, doing the crusade in Argentina, I'm working out. My body does, I mean, everything in me doesn't want to work out, but I'm working out. So I looked at my wife, and, and I'm getting ready to go to the gym. I say, honey, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to go lift weights because I'm a bodybuilder. That's what I am. I'm a bodybuilder. The next day I'm going to run. Honey, I'm going to run because I'm a marathon runner. I'm calling those things that are not as though they are. Wait, everything you need is saying, just tell you're going to Shipley's Donuts. Just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go someplace, God can't take you there if your will does not want to go there. And so you got to start using your faith and saying, you know, declare war on those things that are not good for you. Declare war on those things that you know. I'm, listen, I understand. You didn't have the education and the, the diets that you had produce that type of result. Change the diet. Learn. Start introducing new things. But pastor, I hate broccoli. That's the reason why you hate it. You keep on telling yourself that you hate it. Start eating it. I love broccoli. <laughs> and the more you do it, you're going to see that your appetites will start to change. And then God will give you mercy and grace and strength to get to the land. But if you're not fighting, what makes you think God can fight for you? Faith is a, is a, is a two-way. Faith without works is dead. And so if you want that health, if you want, but you can't, you can't complain, oh, I got, hyper, I got diabetes. Listen, diabetes is a curse on the land. I'm telling you, diabetes is a curse on, on, the, on the entire culture of, of Hispanic people, and I know it's everywhere else, but I know more about the Hispanic people. I go to Mexico, I, play, I pray for so many people with diabetes when, it, when it's, it's just a lifestyle disease. So you have to declare war against it. Begin to say, I love this, I love this, I'm eating this, oh, this is great. Even when you hate it, I love it. Because it's an act of love you doing that for, for your family and for your health. You're, you're not cursed. You put yourself there. Come on out of the belly. And when you begin to change these things, you're going to find yourself on the, on the shore. That curse is going to kick you out. You don't belong here no more. 
You're not living a perverted life. You're not living a broken life. You're not living a life outside of the will of God. You're following the will of God. You don't belong in the belly of the fish anymore. People say, well, well, how did you get there? I began to follow the Lord. So I want to give you three things. How to come out of the curse. Number one, repent. I said that like a good preacher. Repent! (laughs) Father, forgive me! I repent of that life. I repent of those actions. I repent of that purpose. Forgive me, Lord. Talk to God. Repent of your sin. Repent of your wickedness. Repent of your disobedience. Repent. Hit your neighbor and say, repent. You didn't hit them hard enough. Hit them hard. Repentance deserves a hard... Repent! Now, here's the thing about repentance. Repentance is not a lifestyle. It is a, it is a life change. There are some people who say, I repent all the time. Yeah, but you don't change. So it's not repentance. If you're going this way, repentance means to stop, turn around, and go the other direction. But the problem is, is because we have not taught the holiness of God, living for God, and the responsibility of walking with the Lord in faith, we have a lot of people that are walking the wrong direction in the curses, and they say, Father, forgive me, and then they take another step and keep going the same way. Or they might, Father, forgive me, and, and, they, and, and they stop for a little bit, maybe take a step back, but then they go back the old ways, like a dog returning to his vomit. Amen? Amen. Repent. Repent is not a lifestyle. We don't, we, oh, I live a life of repentance. Father, forgive me for this. You're making yourself, you're preparing yourself for failure. I'm gonna, I, I'll, forgive me today, forgive me tomorrow, forgive me in five minutes. I, I, I'm good at church, but five minutes after church, forgive me. Amen? Amen. Number two, do what God told you to do. Do what God told you to do. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell him judgment is coming. He found himself in the curse because he was disobedient to the voice of God. There are some of you that God told you to do some things and you still have not done it and you've been complaining why you haven't been able to go to the next level. Because you're disobedient. Why am I facing this? Why are these situations? Why is it I never get beyond this? You're disobedient. You're in the belly of the fish. These curses might be operating around you because you chose to, to, to accept in your life through disobedience. Let me go, in the, let me go a little back into the Kool-Aid again. You can't play with the devil and not expect to be dirty. If you're chasing after occultic, after occultic things, having your hand, your palm red, having your horoscope red, uh, going to a, a spiritualist to tell you the future, if you play with the devil, those devils are going to take you to hell. You give them permission to, to not just mess with your life, but also to possess your life. It's like you open up the window. Listen, if you open up the door, 
dogs are going to come in. You can't complain when all these things are coming in and say, well, I don't know why I got this problem. Well, you're playing with the devil. When you run to the devil, it's because you have lack of faith that God can do it for you. You go to the curandero. You go, you go to those things. And I can go deep into those things. I want to tell you, man, that if you play with the devil, the devil will take you down. You'll find yourself stuck in the belly of the fish. Wonderful, encouraging message today, Pastor Kevin. <laughs> Some people are here for the first time. He's so angry. So the second thing you do is do what he told you to do. You know, I mean, I, there, are, there are some great men of God that I've counseled. And they were getting divorced, or they got divorced. And they would tell me, they say, you know, Pastor, when I got married, God told me, don't get married. But I disobeyed him. There are people that got into visit business ventures and it looked good but God said don't do it and they found themselves like just completely destroyed why? because God told them not to do it here's the amazing thing about when you preach the truth it's like a light and people are either going to stay to hear and receive and change or they're going to run away I had a, a family that told me this uh, this past week, and they said, Pastor, I want to let you know, I grew up in the church, and I lost my way, and I came back to God. I, was, I came down to the valley searching for the Lord, and, you know, I, I, I was really searching, and it's not until I, I, I came into to the church, and I sensed the amazing presence of God, and they said, they said, one of the reasons why the church is not packed full is because you're, t you're preaching truth. I don't mind. If I was after the fame, I'd still be trying to play baseball. Do what he told you to do. That's it. Do what he tells you to do. You cannot say, I'm cursed when you are disobedient, and complain about being cursed when you're disobedient to what God told you to do. Now, let me tell you, I'm not talking about curses that the devil puts on you. I'm talking about curses that you step into because of lack of, 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 of following God and disobedient to the word of the Lord. Amen. Because I just told you that Jesus has set you free from the curse of the law. But if you do not follow God, those curses come upon you. Amen? It, it, it's not because the devil did it. It's because you did it to yourself. So you have the power to come on out. How do I come out? Repentance. Obedience. Pastor, I... I have poverty all my life. You do. There's not enough. Do you give tithe? No, I don't have enough. 
Pastor Kent, what do I have to do to have an abundance? You want abundance? Yes. You want, a, you want more than what you can handle? Yes, I want abundance. You want God to open up windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon you? Yes! Read Malachi chapter 3. When a man robbed God, yet you robbed me. How? With tithes and offerings. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. And prove me now in this. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing upon you, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I want that, Pastor. I just don't want to give tithes and offerings. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Obedience to the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord according to what's written in the scriptures and the word of the Lord, what the spirit of God speaks to your heart on what you're supposed to do, where, you, where you're supposed to go, how you're supposed to do it. Understand the word of the Lord is, is declared in the, in, in, in the scriptures on, on how to live, but then God will say, will say, I want you to do this, I want you to be here, I want you to be a part of that. And these are the voice of the spirit of God leading you, that unction, that, 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 that rema word that rises up. And, and oh, but it's so hard. Well, you know, it's dark in the belly of a fish. Be obedient. There are, many of you are praying for huge things. And God heard your prayer and God said yes and God's leading you to it. But you cannot see that that one act of obedience is the next step to go to where God is taking you into that answered prayer. Why can't I get there? Because you haven't been obedient. Number three. Change. Change. That process that you go through. The Bible says all things work together for good for those that love God and are called to his purposes. And that process of going through the 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 obstacle of coming out repenting and obedience it was tough being in the belly of the well but don't let your your life still be like you were that brought you into the curse Jonah was disobedient and he found himself in the belly of the curse and even though God delivered him from the belly he fulfilled the word of God but he still was hard in his heart. He still was like, I want Nineveh to die. I want to watch judgment to come upon him. And so he sat on that, on that, that hill. And he got a little comfort from the heat because of that, 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 uh, that bush. But when God took that bush away and that heat hit his head, and he began to feel the, 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 the sun hit him, and he got angry and frustrated that that, that was hitting him. God began to, to tell him, listen, just because you wanted to have judgment on the city, I was giving opportunity for them to repent. And if I have mercy, why don't you let me have mercy and save these hundreds of thousands of people? You like that little thing that I brought you, 
But when it was taken away, you got angry. Why be angry when I change? When I turn from a hand of judgment to a hand of mercy? We have to be changed by the Lord. And the things that might have brought us to that curse, we can't stay with the same mindset, we can't stay with, stay with the same heart and expect to, to live a blessed life. You go through it, but be changed through it. Change. Father, give me strength. Father, give me wisdom. Father, lead me. Lord, what are the areas of my life that need to be changed? What, how? How can, can I walk differently so that not only will I be more obedient and more, more re, walk more uh, 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 in tune with your voice, but so that you could use me to bring mercy to this land. I want to tell you, the only reason I'm existing in this world is for you and others like you. Someone came up to me the other day and just to say hello and then say, oh, I don't want to bother you. I'll walk away. You know, I know maybe other people. I'm like, no, you're not a bother. I'm here for you. If I was here for me, I would be in heaven. <laughs> That's my retirement plan. But I'm here on purpose to serve the Lord. And as I serve you, I'm serving the Lord. But I had to change. I wasn't like that. I didn't want to be around people. And when I'm by myself, I'm like, I don't want to be around people. But when, you, when people are here, I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's because the Lord has changed me. And so as you go through this, this session, this coming out of whatever areas that you have put yourself that are not of God, that have that have not released the blessings of God, you got to ask yourself, am I cursed in this area? And if I'm cursed in this area, I have the power to come out through Jesus Christ. My prosperity, Jesus has paid the price for my prosperity. My health, Jesus has paid the price for my health. My walk of love and peace and joy, Jesus has paid the price for me. This fish cannot hold me no more. I'm coming out in the name of Jesus. Amen. The scripture says this, judge yourself and you will not be judged. I can't judge you. I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not looking at you trying to find something wrong. I love you. I bless you. This is word, this word I preach, I'm preaching to myself. I'm making sure that I'm lining up myself with the Lord because I want to experience all his blessings. Amen? Hallelujah. But you judge yourself and you find yourself, you know, this is a stronghold in my life. This needs to change. You go before God, repent, obey the Lord, follow his direction, follow his ways. You're going to see that God will give you victory. And then once he gives you victory, you're going to find yourself being a minister to those that, are, that need victory in that area as well. The greatest minister I've seen to those who are addicted to drugs or ex-drug addicts. The greatest ministers I've seen that minister to, to convicts are ex-convicts. The greatest minister I've seen to those who are homosexual are ex-homosexuals. 
The greatest ministers of those who are in fear are those that were set free from, the curse, from that curse of fear. Wherever it's been strong in your life, the Bible, I, I believe that God's going to give you an anointing, a victory, that you'll be able to lead other people out in Jesus' name. Greatest ministers I've seen in the ministry of marriage has not been people who, who just looks like everything is perfect in marriage. The ones that had struggles, but they fought and they trusted the Lord and God gave them victory. They're the greatest ministers I've seen. You learn some things in the belly of a fish. You learn truths. Because when you come out of the belly, you don't want to come, you don't want to, you don't want to go back in. Doesn't the scripture say, when the Lord turns back to captivity, that's what happens. The Lord takes you, he turns back that captivity, he sets you free. Amen. Who needs to hear this word today? Hallelujah. How many of y'all feel like you had a, a good kick today? <laughs> Praise God. Stand up on your feet.